This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. And the only way to change is to confront whatever it is, to grow, to identify. Growing's painful, but it's okay. You're going to be okay. You have the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of you, and it's going to be okay. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to blow snot. Do we have Kleenexes? If not, there's tablecloth. It's going to be fine. Just use it. Put it down. And I'll do the laundry. I'll pay for the dry cleaning. I am the laundry queen. I, that's what I do. I'm anointed to do laundry. I'm not kidding. My son, my daughter, my lovely husband, he's like, he's a creator. Like, how many times a day do you need to change clothes? I'm just wondering. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Yes. And then a lot of them have poop on it. And you know how I feel about dirt and poop. And I'm constantly like, are you seriously? Like, dust yourselves off before you come in the house. I wash their stuff separate from mine a lot of the time. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so paper, pen. Yes, ma'am. You need a pen. We have all kinds of pens. We have the school teacher pen, but you have to make sure that you give it back or she's going to wrestle you. You got it? Okay, perfect. So as I'm talking to you, so we've identified what the veil could possibly be in our lives. It could be lies that we believed, right? It could be something that's happened to us in our past that we look through that lens. And a lot of you might have already dealt with some of this, and that's great. Um, I know, like, for myself, coming out of the drugs, I did the whole 12-step program, and, it, and it's great as a stepping stone, but don't get stuck in just the 12 steps. I don't know if any of you are recovering addicts, alcoholics, but it's a great stepping stone um, to help you identify some of that stuff. I bet a lot of people continuously go to those meetings and continuously sit in that atmosphere of claiming over themselves that they're an alcoholic, that they're a drug, or I'm, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. Okay, you were, but by the blood and through transformation and renewing your mind, you've been set free. So I no longer identify with, I'm an addict. The Lord has changed me. There is growth. It's a stepping stone. It's great, but there's so much more than just NA or AA. Then there's God. <laughs> then there's Jesus. Then there's walking out of that. But um, anyways, that's not my message. So... And we're going to talk about the battle plan. The battle plan of keeping the veil torn down out of your, out of, off your eyes, off your heart, off your ears. Because sometimes, we were talking about this in the back, the veil can also be over your ears. Calloused heart. You've been so hurt and so bitter that you can't hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. So God's wanted to rearrange some things. So I want us to talk, the, this is the battle plan is the name of my message. And I want us to talk about arising and awaking to righteousness. And this has helped me huge. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 tells us to awake to righteousness. And if it's telling me to awake to righteousness, then that means I've been asleep. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Like, baptized and saved at 19, continued to live in sin until I was, what, 26, 27, before I went to, um, before I got clean. 
that's a long time. Like, wh well, what do you mean you got saved and you got baptized and you still continue to do drugs and to do alcohol? Like, why? Nobody discipled me. Nobody told me that I had to change my friend group. And if you're de dealing with some sort of addiction, you need to remove yourself completely with, from any friend groups that have to do with any of that, or it will suck you back in because that's the nature of the beast. That is what Satan does. And so if you think that you can go save them, you're wrong. Not alone anyway. So the whole time, my spirit man was born again. Remember me telling you I was reading the Bible <laughs> and the little thing and the, you know, when I don't know what it is about hotel rooms and why everybody wants to hang out in hotel rooms and do drugs, I guess, because you weren't allowed at other people's houses to do drugs. I don't really know. But the Bible in the little drawers, thank the Lord for whoever those people are that put the Bibles in the drawers. Even, Gideon's, there you go. Even in addiction, I'm pulling out the Bible because my spirit man's hungry. I'm trying to preach when I don't even know the first thing about preaching in the hotel rooms high on dope. Does that make sense? But my spirit man was hungry and my spirit man was after the word, the truth. So we need to accept and receive our righteousness. Proverbs 14 or 418 tells us that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. So what is righteousness exactly? What does righteous mean? right? Um, there's a religious thing, and then there's the truth thing, and I'm so not about religion, so we're going to talk about truth, okay? So righteousness is simply right standing with God. Because of Adam's disobedience in the garden, we were all born sinners. Can we agree with that? Yes. So thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. So now we're all born sinners. So did you know that humans are the only people that get two births? We have a natural birth, and then we have a spiritual birth. And when your spirit man is born again by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a new species. And I'm kind of skipping a forward here for a minute. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the word, the phrase, anyone in Christ, let me read the scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Anyone in Christ... In the Greek, paints the picture of a new species. It's never been born before. It's never existed before. So when you accept Christ, your spirit man is born anew. You're a new species in Christ Jesus. So if you've never been trained, because you gotta be trained, right? Your flesh was trained for however many years. You've gotta train your flesh to submit to your spirit, but you've gotta feed your spirit the word of God in order for it to be bigger in your flesh, right? So back to what is righteousness. Righteousness is just simply right standing with God. How do we get that? So let's go to Romans 5, 17 through 21. Now this is kind of long, don't zone out on me. Sometimes Trey reads long verses and I'm like, what is he saying? I lose focus halfway through. So stay dialed in with me, okay? I'm just being honest. Sometimes when people read lots of scriptures, you know, you're like, what are you saying? Like I forgot to pay attention, so just pay attention. So Romans 5.17, for by one man's offense, which was Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The what? The what? Unamas? Absolutely. So righteousness is a gift, right? 
will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Hmm. Will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment, thanks Adam, and to all men resulting in condemnation, thanks Adam, so even through one man's righteous act, Jesus, the free gift, the what? Free gift. The what? Free gift. Say it again. Free gift. Free gift of what? Righteousness. So righteousness is a free gift? And it can't be taken away from you, right? But you have to receive it, right? You have to understand it. You have to believe it. You have to walk in it, right? You have to awake to righteousness because before you were asleep, you were dead, but now you're awake, right? So a free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many will be made, no. For as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners, so we're born sinners, but we're made righteous by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So because of Jesus, we're made righteous. It's a free gift, right? So you have to accept it. And I don't know how much righteousness teaching you've ever heard, because I hadn't heard a whole lot until the Lord said, here's your battle plan. Understand who you are in me. Understand your rights and the authority and the dominion you have understand what righteousness really means because we hear righteousness and we're just like oh that's a great word and we just kind of go on so spiritual death reigned on all men because of what took place in the garden but we have a new covenant we have jesus we have the free gift of righteousness right so we're born sinners we accept jesus we have a new birth we have a new spirit man and you have to train the spirit man correct you trained your flesh you train the spirit man and I'm just going to touch on this. Romans 3, 21 through 26, it says, By now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there's no difference. So there's no difference of people, right? Because like, in the back, back in the day, there was Jesus. Jesus preached to the Jews and Paul, the Gentile. You get what I'm saying? But now we're just all people because we have Jesus. So for there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So yes, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But people want to stop there and say, oh, none of us are righteous. No, not one. I know you've probably heard that because... You've been in the world just as long as I have. Uh, would you please read the rest of your Bible verse? Uh, because they try to act like you're not righteous. You're just a sinner saved by grace, and you're always going to be a sinner. Stop saying that. You're a sinner saved by grace, so now you're a saint. You may sin. You may miss the mark, but you are not a sinner anymore. You have a born-again spirit on the inside of you. So you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Stop identifying yourself as a sinner. We're not sinners anymore. We're saints. And I know sometimes our behavior doesn't line up with our identity. But the more training we get, the more we renew our minds to the Word of God, the more we're going to walk in our understanding and our true identity. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Say, I'm a new creation. I have the free gift of righteousness. So what do you do when the devil comes to you and tries to remind you of everything you've ever done in your past? 
the abortion, the rape, the molestation, the drugs, the alcohol, the divorce, the abusive partner, you know, you're unloved, you're unworthy, you're not worth it. You deserve that actually, you know, because of what you did last night in the back of the bar, remember that? What do you do when Satan comes to you like that? Right, exactly, get behind me, Satan. However, good, uh, do you know what some more scriptures are for you? And for you to understand is that your failures do not alter the righteousness of God in you. Say, my failures do not alter the righteousness of God in me. And here's you some scripture to back that up with, because that's how you battle Satan, is with scripture. You get these down on your paper, a note card, whatever it is, and when he comes to you, you pull it out and say, oh yeah? You want to try to tell me about my past? Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you what the word says about me. Because you resist the devil and he flees. But first, you know what the first part of that scripture is? You got to submit to God. Are you fully submitted to God? Because if you are, you're going to know what the word is. If you're spending time with him, if you're fellowshipping with him, if you're communing with him, you're going to know how to battle back with the enemy. And you can't do it in your mind. No gentle gym gymnastics. Like, no, no, no. When I say red barn, what do you see? When I see a black dog, what do you see? When I say leopard heels, what do you see? A gray horse. Chloe's favorite horse is a gray mare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trey always uses horses. I use shoes, like leopard shoes, <laughs> sparkly shoes. Anyways, okay, so 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Listen, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's sitting at the right hand. He's sitting. His work is finished. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, advocating for you and for me, interceding for you and for me. He's seated. His place of dominion and authority is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not standing, wielding his sword. The work is finished. He's already got the keys. He gave them to us, and he's seated from a place of dominion and authority, and he's given you the keys. So you go. How are you gonna go if you don't know where you're going or who you're going? Righteousness is who you are because of Jesus, not because of what you do. So there's nothing you can do to become unrighteous. Nothing from your past and nothing stupid that you might possibly do in the future. So say it, righteousness is who I am. And once you get a hold of your true identity, your behavior will determine that as well. Your behavior is going to line up with your identity. And I tell my kids a lot of the times, because sometimes their behavior doesn't really line up with the way we train them. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is, I, we don't talk like this. We don't act like this. But they live in the world. And we are a blended family. There's other people involved in this training process, you know. And so when you see that, you got to know, and I remind them, listen, behavior is unacceptable. We love you, but that behavior doesn't work here. And that's kind of what God's saying. Like, I love you, but you're not acting the right way. Your behavior is not determining who you are, and you need to get a hold of who you are. So your behavior will determine your identity, and you're not confused about it anymore. Remember confusion is from Satan? 
Isaiah 54, 14 tells us that righteousness, we are going to be established in righteousness far from oppression. Do you know what oppression is? Sometimes like in this country, especially because there's a Jezebel spirit. I don't know if y'all know all of this, but there's a Jezebel spirit operating in the White House on a whole new level. Usually the Jezebel spirit operates in churches, but it also operates governmentally as well. And that's what's going on. God's people being attacked. Jeze Do y'all remember Jezebel in the Bible? Okay, perfect. You know what the good thing is? Is she gets overthrown and eaten and smushed around like by dogs and torn apart. So ha ha, she's a loser. Yes. I think that's a really cool part of the Jezebel spirit. Like she loses. However, she wreaks havoc while she is allowed to operate. And because of what's in the White House, it operates through the head, even though it's not there legally, it's still operating because it is there and it gets on the country, right? Just like Jesus is the head of the church and he, we're, he's our head and we're his body, but there is a spirit of oppression and you can see it whether you're aware of it or not and you can feel it sometimes and you can drive through certain territories. We drive all over the place and you can feel when you drive into certain places like bless the Lord, like just the oppression, especially like Indian nations and up in Wyoming and Montana where there's a lot of Indian nations and it's really, it's lack of knowledge, it's lack of truth, it's lack of light shining in there to break that up. Because what happens every time light goes somewhere, what happens? Darkness flees, darkness leaves. It has to. It's a spiritual law. So us being established in righteousness brings what? An understanding of who we are. When we understand who we are, we understand our dominion and authority. We, when we understand our dominion and authority, we know that when we walk into a room, devils have to flee. Yes. They're under our feet. Miracles follow me because I believe. Do miracles follow you because you believe? Because Jesus did, just didn't tell me to lay hands on the sick. He told us as his body to lay hands on the sick. Just because I'm up here, I'm not the only one called in this room to be able to lay hands on people. And if you don't know what that is, get into your word. Jesus healed all who were sick and oppressed. And then he gave me dominion and authority. And I say it over and over, not because I think you're dumb or not because I don't know what I'm saying, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And sometimes we need to hear something over and over and over. One time we were in Australia, Australia ministering. And me and Trey repeat ourselves a lot because you need to hear it a lot because you haven't heard it enough to get it in your heart. And they're like, I think we're stupid. That's my Australian accent. It's really not an accent. Chloe's going, did she seriously? I'm not good with accents. But anyways, and we're like, no. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I'm saying it to you and I'm having you repeat it because you believe you. Your spirit man believes you more than it believes me. I'm here to sow the word. You repeat the word and it gets in your heart as well. And it will produce whatever you're putting in it. Remember the heart's a production center. Are you glad you came today? Yes. So we have to stop letting the devil talk us out of who we are, right? We have to stop identifying with our past. That was huge for me. Stop identifying with my past. Stop identifying what has happened to me, what I did, all of that. You have to break free from that that is not how God sees you and the more I understood who I was the more I walked out who I was the more I pulled down wrong thinking and put up right thinking the more power came the more freedom came 
And you can't sow something into somebody's life if you don't have it to give. Does that make sense? We have to renew our minds to the Word of God. What does Romans 12 2 tells us? It tells us to renew our mind to the Word of God and not to be conformed to this world. Did I say it backwards? No. Oh, okay. Sometime, one time I said, what was it? I said, God inhibits our praises instead of inhabits our praises. <laughs> and I had a bunch of school teachers in the room and they're like, you're saying it wrong. It's in habits. I was like, oh my bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bless the word. And I will create some words. My stepson, Hayes, he has, like, on his phone, Heatherisms. <laughs> I come up with stuff, and I rename stuff. And, like, the horses, like, sometimes when the horses are hurt, they call them lame. And I'm like, uh-uh. We're not doing that. Why are you calling that horse lame? Do you know what lame means? Remember lame in the Bible? Like, they can't walk. Like, it could just have a little limp or be sore, and they're wanting to say, oh, the horse is lame. No, no, no. So, in my house, we watch our words. And when I go places, people look at me. I'm... <laughs> because I'm not a horse girl, and people get a lot of laughter out of me because I'll rename some stuff, and they're like, what are you talking about? And Trey's like, just go with it. Just let her be herself. So I'm lots of fun and funny. I am funny, right, Lou? No? Okay. Okay, so what happens when we fall back into sin? So, like, I never really left sin, but what were to happen if I completely separated my sin, I'm walking in righteousness, I'm walking in my dominion, I'm walking in my authority, and then I fall off, I make a bad decision, I stop listening to God, I start building a callus over my head because I'm not listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm in my flesh, I'm doing whatever I want to do, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, I create this gray word, or this gray area in the word, there's no gray area in the word, it's black and white. If the Bible says it's true, and I believe it, and I am not going to create some gray area, the world has created gray area. There is a man, and there is a woman. Boy plumbing, girl plumbing. I could tell you the medical terms, but I think that apparently I'm not supposed to do that from the podium. <laughs> My husband would be like, you did what? <laughs> the first time I used the, the girl word, the terminology, in front of my father-in-law, his face and his eyes, he was like, Shirley, what did she just say? <laughs> I'm like, it's a medical term. Everybody has one. Like, I mean, you don't, but we do. So like, what's the big deal? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just very open that way. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so what happens when we fall back into sin? Do we become unrighteous? But we think we are, and we think we're unworthy, and we think we're dirty, and we think we're unclean, and we think we're screw-ups. Just like when a fish falls, if I were to fall into a pond, does that make me a fish? So if I'm a saint, because I've already accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I fall back into, a, into sin, does that make me a sinner? It just makes me having sin because I haven't renewed my mind, because I haven't crucified my flesh, right? So you've got to stop beating yourself up when you miss the mark. And that's where repentance comes in. It's huge. Repentance, true repentance is in the heart, not just with your mouth. Because I see so many people, oh, I apologize, and then turn right back around and keep doing the same thing. No, repentance is true heart change. It's turning from a behavior and going in the opposite direction. You have to identify, though, right? You have to identify what you need to repent from. And sometimes we go so far that you're, we're like, okay, I've changed, and I've never really, you know, you don't really ever address the issue. You just kind of go away, go this way, you just kind of, but God needs true repentance. He needs you to identify, and that's breaking chains. When you identify, hey, I used to do this, 
or I still have a problem with this, and you name it, and you break the chain, you put it under your feet, and you go forward, and yes, you may miss it, yes, you may make the same mistake again, but you keep repenting, you keep, keep getting in the game, and you keep going forward, because when you stop, when you lay down, when you let the enemy talk you out of who you are, then you're sick, sad, sorry, defeated, and no good to anyone in the kingdom. And God needs us as women to rise up and to be who we're called and created to be. We have babies we're raising. We have grandchildren we're raising. We go into the world, even at Walmart. Are you supposed to act like the other people in Walmart? Or are you supposed to be a light in Walmart? Because sometimes you want to ram them with your cart. Right? Or you want to take their head off because are you freaking kidding me right now like seriously or are you you know walk through it with love and sometimes the best thing you can just do is smile and ignore it and walk on but it's better than punching them in the face and then have to pray for their healing right <laughs> I mean seriously like because there's been time and I'm just being real because I'm only eight years in and it has been from playing t-ball like yes I go to church and yes I do women's studies and yes I have the Bible studies women's studies whatever in my house and yes I'm going after God but there's a difference between that being in full-time ministry being married to the man that I'm married to who just he's a trailblazer he plows ground wherever he goes and he he walks with such a dominion and authority that um, if you know Trey you know what I'm talking about I know most of you probably don't know Trey um, but right now I feel a little riled up, but he is like a fireball. Like you're just like, when you leave one of his services, your hair is all the way pulled back, like, right? And you're ready to tackle anything. Like you just want to like run around the room. Like that's what he does. He like just energizes your spirit man and he comes with such, it's just a fire cart. It's awesome. Anyways, um, so yes, hallelujah, right? So it's important that we understand what our righteousness does for us because righteousness is a weapon. It's an offensive weapon and it's a defensive weapon. And righteousness is our breastplate. There's lots of different scriptures in the Bible where it talks about righteousness and what it does for you. Righteousness is a breastplate. Say it. Righteousness is a breastplate. It's a breastplate. It protects your heart, right? Fiery darts from the enemy trying to get into your heart. The breastplate protects you from that. Ephesians 6.14 tells us to stand, therefore, having gird your, lo your loins, girt about you with truth, the belt of truth. If you don't have the belt of truth on, all your armor falls off. All the armor is held on by the truth, the belt of truth, which is the word of God. So stand, therefore, having your loins girt about you with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Isaiah 59.17 says, put on righteousness as a breastplate. Put it on. Put it on means I have the opportunity to take it off, right? You're being told to put it on. Keep it on. How do we do that? How do we keep on our, our breastplate of righteousness? Righteousness is also an offensive weapon. It's two in one. So I'm going to describe to you the breastplate. Um, I don't know if any of you ever have heard Rick Renner, but he does some awesome teachings on the breastplate. And so the Roman breastplate, it's two pieces of metal. It's a front piece, a back piece, and it's held together by this little holder thing here. <coughs> yeah, you like a little holder thing here. And it's from your neck to your knees, and it's made specifically for that person. 
and it has little fish-like scales also on top of the armor. And these little fish-like scales, and they overlap. And when the soldiers would walk around back in the day, these fish scales would rub against each other, making it brighter and brighter and brighter. So the more they walked in their breastplate, the more brighter it got. When they're out on the battlefield, the sun hits their breastplate, it blinds the enemy. So when you're walking in your righteousness, you're getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And as us as women, when we link our shields with, follow, with fellow believers, walking in all that we're called and created to do, we're advancing the kingdom for the glory of God and we're blinding the enemy with our righteousness and our dominion and our authority. So when you walk in your dominion and your authority and your understanding of righteousness, Every day, you get brighter and brighter and brighter. People are drawn to light. So the gift that's on the inside of you is that it isn't just for you. It's for the people that are called to you. So they're like, oh, wow, like you're so different. Like, because you're not walking around with a picket sign saying, hey, preach Jesus. Jesus set you free because people like that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> stop doing that. I mean, that's their calling and that's fine. But for me, that doesn't really work for me. It makes me want to just not really talk to you. <laughs> which Lord help me, that's probably not right. Anyways, I'm just being real. <laughs> but when we're walking and who we're called to be and we're lights shining in darkness, people are drawn to that. People are drawn to light. And they want to know what the difference is in you and you get to tell them, well, it's Jesus. And you're not doing it by anything other than just being yourself. And then you get to walk them and lead them to the Father. You get to introduce them to the Jesus that you know. Like, let me tell you the Jesus I know, because the Jesus I know loves me in spite of everything that I've ever done wrong. He's never, ever given up on me. He kept going after me because I kept pursuing him too. Even though I kept falling, I kept messing up, I kept doing things wrong. He never gave up on me. His purpose for me never changed. It's always been the same. And no matter how damaged and screwed up I did my whole life, he used all of it. He used every single piece of it. And he knew that I'd be here today ministering to you because of all of the stuff I've walked through. And it's a lot. I mean, I don't know if I got it all out, but there was a lot. I mean, there's years of mess. Bless my mom's heart. <laughs> Lots of praying. Mamas, don't give up praying for your kids or your grandkids or your friends' friends that you know that are out. Because prayers do work. And I'm not saying pray in fear. Please don't pray in fear because that really does do no good. But when you pray in faith and you pray the word, the word always works. Righteousness is our armor. Paul refers to righteousness as armor in 2 Corinthians 6, 7. It says, by the word of truth, by the power of God, and by the armor of righteousness. So if you're clothed in righteousness, you have on armor, right? If you know who you are, when something comes your way that doesn't line up with the word of God, you know to pull it down. If your mind is renewed to the word of God. Righteousness is a covering. Isaiah speaks of being covered in righteousness. In Isaiah 61.10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful, joyful, joyful. That's a new one. I don't know about some of you, but I know for me, 
spiritual battle after spiritual battle after spiritual battle after spiritual battle after spiritual battle you're like bless the lord what is going on here and you just like you feel drained and you feel like you're in this fog and you've been in like a fog of war which is a totally different message and apparently somebody needs to hear this but it's very important for us not to be moved by the spiritual battles that are going on <coughs> It's important for us to stay connected to the Word of God. It's important for us to know that the blood does work. It does not matter what is going on out here in front of you in the natural. The blood always works. Angels are always working on our behalf. And the Word never fails. So do not be moved by what you see in the natural. And do not let Satan keep reminding you of everything that's going on in the natural that goes against what you've been praying, that goes against what the Word says. Ha, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you will not talk me out of my inheritance. You will not talk me out of who I am. You will not talk me out of what I'm called and created to do. You will not talk me out of any of it. You can't have my finances. You can't have my kids. You can't have my animals. You can't have my calling. You have to get that oomph in your whatever. <laughs> and some of us are like, well, I'm just not that aggressive. I have enough aggression for all of us, okay? <laughs> But you have to have some aggression about you. You have to have some aggression about you. So I want to talk about the devil. The word devil in the Greek is the word diablo. And it paints the picture of one who picks up a rock and is continually throwing the rock over and over and over at your mind. He picks up a rock of, you're going to get cancer just like your mom got cancer. You're going to die of this just like so-and-so died of this. You're not worthy. You're not good. You're not over and over. And he's throwing this thought over and over and over in your mind. And you're not deflecting it. You're not pulling it down. You're not putting it up with right words, right thoughts, truth, because you don't know how. You don't know that that's what's going on. But that's his job, is to continuously throw seeds of doubt, disbelief. And doubt and disbelief will unplug your faith. If you feed on those more than you feed on the Word of God, and you're full of doubt and fear, it hinders God from performing and completing everything that he's called and created. I mean, it unplugs your faith. It literally unplugs your faith. You have to stay connected with God. You have to stay connected to to the word, to faith. Romans 8.1 tells us that there's now, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Say no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So in Ephesians 6.11, it tells us that we have the whole armor of God and that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Say stand against the wiles of the devil. What are wiles? Mind games. Wiles, in the, in the Greek, it paints a picture of this road to your mind. And that's what the devil does, right? He plays mind games with you. Over and over in your mind. He's throwing those rocks at your mind, those thoughts at your mind, and you're picking it up. But do you know that you can pull it down? And do you know that's the way you keep it down? Is when he throws doubt, disbelief, fear, whatever it may be, you pull it down and you replace it with a word. You replace it with truth. 
It's 2 Corinthians 10, 17. Don't write that down because I don't know that that's the right scripture. But it talks about pulling down strongholds and taking them captive. And in the Greek, that paints the picture of a Roman soldier with his little pointy, sticky thing, jabbing something and pulling it down. It's a spiritual principle. When you, when you take something and you pull it down, you have to replace something, right? Or there's a hole, there's a gap there, right? You have to replace that with truth. So when he's feeding you thoughts of, you're not good, you're unworthy, no, you get in Ephesians 1 and you repeat back to him, no, I am loved, I am seen, I am forgiven, I am redeemed, I am restored, I am sealed by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. You repeat to him who you are. Or you can tell him that you are a royal priesthood. 1 Corinthians 2.9 tells us we're a chosen race. So you can tell him that you're chosen. Chosen by God. Set apart. Separated. You're different. Separated. Separated by God. What does that mean? Are you supposed to live just like the world lives? Are you supposed to talk just like the world talks? Are you supposed to act just like the world acts? So when you're doing those things, you're no different than the world. And you, you're blending right in. You're not called to blend in. You're called to be different. You're called to be set apart. You're called to be separated. You're called to be lights shining in darkness, salt upon the earth, standing out that people are like, there's something different about her. There's something different about her. There's something, yes, you're right, it's Jesus. Would you like to meet my Jesus? Jesus is the only answer. He's the only way. He's the only truth. He is the ultimate chain breaker. So when he comes at you, with all the mess from your past. Uh-uh, I don't think that way anymore. That's not who I am. This is who I am. Literally opening your mouth and talking out loud. And it may seem odd at first. It may seem strange and you're like, oh, I hope nobody hears me doing it. Who cares? Who cares? And I have literally had Trey have to come into my office just because of the oppression and the enemy trying to like just shut me down and talk me out of who I am, and him just machine-gunning word at me. <laughs> but it builds up your spirit, man. And it is very important that you listen to word. You listen to, especially when you're trying to walk out of something until you get completely free from it, and there you'll always, okay, not always, but there's going to be opportunity for the devil to bring it back and try to beat you out of it. It's a continual fight. It is a continual fight. His job is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Because if he can steal the word out of your heart and it'll not produce, that's ultimately what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to talk you out of what God's called you, created you, anything that has to do with God. He wants to try to steal it from you. Get you to questioning God, questioning the goodness and the faithfulness of God. But you can't let him do it. And I keep saying it, but you're going to have to get some tenacity about you. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. There's no new tricks. It's all the same thing. And he's coming after your mind. He's coming after your calling. He's coming after your heart. He's coming after your finances. He's coming after your family. He's coming after your kids. That's what he's doing. And if he can stop a baby from growing, a baby Christian, from growing into all they're called, in, then he, I mean, bam. It's much easier to stop a baby than somebody that is more developed in the Word. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I don't know your full understanding of the Word. 
But I do know this, that there's no doubt by looking at my life how faithful and how true God is and how much He loves me. And you know what? The same way that He loves me, the same way He never gave up on you, me is the same way He loves you and He's never going to give up on you. And He's wanting you to come up. He's wanting you to identify some things in your life. He's wanting you to be separated from some things in your life. He's wanting a new root in you so your tree can produce new fruit. If you've got bad roots, if you've got bad seeds in your heart, it is time to uproot those seeds. It is time to uproot those roots, those bad roots, plant new seeds so you can have new fruit. A tree is known by its fruit, good or bad. And I can tell by talking to somebody within five minutes what's in their heart. Because what comes out of their mouth And you can say all this Christian-y stuff, and that, the devil's like, that's great. You can have your bumper stickers. You can have your necklaces. You can have it on your keychain, tote your Bible around, but are you doing it? Are you applying it? Are you letting it change you? It is not easy. I cannot tell you how many times we have cried and fought and especially with my daughter, you know, like I told you earlier, I see these things on her and I'm like, and it's me. And you're like, bless God, like you kind of wish that you could have gone back and been who you are now when she was little, so you planted better seeds. But you know what's really cool is you can call crop failure on all the bad seeds that were planted. <laughs> That's the power of the word though, right? You can call a crop failure on all bad seeds planted, uproot them in the name of Jesus, and then start planting new seeds. Start planting good seeds that are gonna produce the fruit that you wanna produce. That's how the bell comes down. That's how we walk in our dominion and authority. But we have to be real with ourselves. We have to be truthful with ourselves. Are we being truthful? Are we being honest? Are you being real? Are you hiding behind some facade that you're somebody that you're really not? Do you put on this fake face every time you go out in public? Is shame holding you back? It's time. Right now, it is time to identify anything that is holding you back, anything that has tried to shame you, because shame has no place. Jesus gave us dominion and authority, and I'm saying it again because, it is, because I don't know how much you understand about your dominion and authority, but it keeps coming up in my heart, so I keep saying it. If it has a name, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, and it is assigned to try to steal, kill, or destroy, it's under your feet but you have to identify it. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on because we've never really sat long enough to think about it. So I'm asking you to think about it. Think about what your veil is. Think about what's been robbing you of your true identity. Because God sees you as chosen. God sees you as blessed. He sees you as loved. He sees you as holy. He sees you as redeemed. You're a new creation. Remember, you're a new creation created in Christ Jesus. How do you get the understanding of your new creation? You have to renew your mind to the word of God. Do you understand that you are chosen? Do you understand how much he loves you? Jeremiah 1.5 tells us, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I approved of you. God approves of you. Even through all of your mess and all of your mistakes, God still loves you, still sees you, still approves of you. All of your mess, all of my mess, he still loves me. And he still called me to stand here before you today through the abortion, through the jail, through the prison, through the drug treatment, through a baby out of wedlock. 
He's, I don't know if I said that, but yeah, I had my baby out of wedlock. None of that changed my purpose. It just gave me more ammunition to use against the devil. He tried to take me out with it, but guess what? I use it to put him in his place. And you just got to be like that. And don't let people try to shame you for mistakes. Are you serious? I keep watching me. I just keep getting better and better. The more I apply the word, the more I grow, the more I change. You just keep watching. I invite you to the show. Pull up a table, sit down, start taking notes. Because you got to do that sometimes with people. And sometimes with people, you got to let them go. Some people are in your life forever, and some people are in your life for a season. And don't you let people talk you out of what God's promised you, what God said to you, what God's called you to do. Don't let simple-minded little people talk you out of anything that God's promised you. And sometimes some things are so big that God gives you, you're like, ah, you don't know if you can say it out loud because it's like so big. I get it. I get it. Some things aren't meant to be shared in groups of people. But you keep praying over that and you keep developing that and you keep speaking to that on the inside of you and it's going to grow so big that it's got to come somewhere and it's going to come out in the form of fruit. Trey does this thing. Bloop. Bloop. That's new fruit growing on my tree, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so the more we get in the Word and the more we understand who we are in Christ, the more freedom comes from our past. So I want you ladies to write. I want you to get your pens. We've come to the fun part. <coughs> Brianna, can y'all uh, come up here and strum and do the musical stuff? So I'm going to go over some stuff that the Holy Spirit, this is just what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. But you know what you're dealing with that needs to come down, that you need to identify and you need to remove. You need to unveil it. You need to walk away from it. You need to separate it. Separate from it. Nobody in this room is perfect. And if you are, I'm here to tell you that you're not. <laughs> Love, I'm being loving and kind and gracious, but yeah, um, not so much. Whether it's bitterness, whether it's anger, unforgiveness, if you see God incorrectly because of something bad that happened, let me tell you, God does not do bad things. And the reason the world is in such a mess, A, it has to happen because that's just in the Bible. But he's given us dominion and authority, and we haven't used our dominion and authority. He told jo jo Joyce Meyer one day, she's like, well, you know, why are like there, there's all these hungry and thirsty kids? He was like, she's like, why don't you do something, Lord? And he told her, uh, I told you to do something. You go do something. God's already done something about the devil. Jesus handled the devil when he took the keys in the grave. The keys from the kingdom in the grave. Are you following me? I said it wrong, but you, you got what I'm saying, right? And he gave us the keys. Who has the keys? Do you know what those keys mean? Do you know the power that comes with those keys? There's power in those keys to the kingdom. And if you don't know all of that, I, I encourage you to get on YouTube and put in keys or Google and search out what keys of the kingdom mean. Because there's, I mean, that's a whole nother teaching, but there is so much power there. There's so much freedom there. You don't have to walk sick, sad, sorry, defeated. That is not created in the image of my father. There's no lack in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's nothing like that in heaven, heaven on earth, right? 
So what's going on in the earth is not what's happening in heaven and it's nobody's fault but our own. Because we've allowed it. Because we don't understand the Bible and it's time to understand. Especially in the body of Christ. Now in the world world, I mean they can have it. But we have to walk and what we're called and created to walk in. We have to walk with our correctly. Not thrown on the ground because you don't feel worthy of walking with your crown. Rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ, Romans 5, 17. Rule and reign. Rule and reign. How does a king rule and reign? With his words. A king tells you to dig a ditch, a, dick gets, a ditch gets dug, right? You're created in the image and likeness of God. You have Jesus on the inside of you, and he is the king of kings. What is hindering you from walking free? I want you thinking and I want you writing. Some lies that we need to separate from is that we're unworthy, we're unloved, we're unwanted, we're not needed, we're not smart enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not skinny enough. We're too skinny, we're too big, we're just simply not enough. We're unclean, why would we be unclean? We have too many sexual partners, maybe we've been raped, molested, maybe a teenage pregnancy, maybe a baby out of wedlock, a miscarriage, an affair. Rejection, divorce, prison, jail, treatment centers, addictions of any kind, drugs, alcohol, porn, food, shopping, gambling, whatever the addiction is, it needs to be named. And I did say porn. I didn't know this, but women watch porn. <laughs> Moving on. That God is like your father. That God doesn't love me. God can't forgive me. That I've done too much. I've just done too much for him to forgive me. That's a lie, straight from the pit of hell. God's ways are too restrictive. I don't wanna do it God's way. Like it's not gonna be any fun to do it God's way. That's a lie. There's so much freedom in doing things God's way and that's what we tell our kids. The reason we do the things we're doing is to keep you set up to be better and more powerful than we have been. That things come to you easier, easier. New word. <laughs> and to be taught to tithe at 14 years, well, I mean 13 years old when she started competing, to, to be taught to be a tither at such a young age. And when she was a little girl, I heard her in the bathroom one time, I command you in the name of Jesus. She was commanding the, the washcloth to stay in its place. And I was like, oh, you little cute thing. But command, she understands. Can you imagine? Had we been trained this way our entire life? the world would be a different place if people were trained correctly and walked in it correctly. So what is it? What is it that's hindering you? What are some of the lies that you believe since childhood? That you're useless, that you're dumb, that you're stupid, that you're retarded, that you're not talented enough, that you're not the right size, you're ugly, you're never gonna measure up, that you're unqualified, that it's all your fault. Everything that bad that happens, it's all your fault. It's all my fault. How do we combat lies? We pull down the lies and we replace them with truth. And it's 2 Corinthians 10.5 that says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. 
every thought into captivity. So I want you writing, I want you identifying the lies in your life and I want you to be ready to separate from the lies because what we're gonna do is you're gonna write those lies and then we're gonna tear those lies because the veil has been torn, right? We're gonna tear the lies. And this is just a natural example of what has already happened spiritually, but you have to identify in the natural what's holding you back in the spiritual, okay? So we're doing a natural example by faith and you're gonna to have to fight to keep the veil down. You're gonna to have to fight to keep the enemy away. And I'm talking, it will be a fight. When you walk out of this door, I'm not prophesying this over you, but it's just, a, it happens. Mess is gonna happen and it's gonna to try to steal the word from your heart. Don't let it happen. Understand the tactic of the enemy. Immediately, he comes to steal. Immediately, he comes to steal the word. Immediately. Do not let him have the word in your heart. Do not let him have the work that he's done in you today. Do not let him have that. It is not his to have. Freedom is yours. Chains being broken today are yours. To walk in everything that he wants you to walk in, you cannot give it back so easily. You gotta get some fight in you. I want you to write your lies. And then we're gonna tear the lies. And then we're gonna wash the lies because the blood of Jesus has the ability to wash us clean, wash us white, obliterated, right? We're gonna come up here and we're gonna dump our lies, our torn lies, because the veil is torn, and we're gonna put them in our buckets of water and we're gonna wash them in the water of the word. This one's a little heavy. <laughs> or you can consider this the blood of Jesus because it washes us clean, right? White as snow, and you're gonna leave your lies in the bucket because they exist no more. They exist no more. And then you're gonna pick up a crown because this is who you are. You're called to rule and reign through, in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. And you set this crown wherever you need to set it to remind yourself of who you are. And then you pick up one of these little things and it tells you on the back of here, sometimes we just need help. Please just put it on a piece of paper for me. Make it simple. Yeah. Right, because Trey sometimes tells me all this stuff to do and I'm like, just write it down. Because yeah. it's so much. God's not asking you to change everything today. 1% a day. That's what we say. Change 1% a day. And in a year, you're going to be a completely different person. Apply God's word every single day. Because the enemy is going to come every single day. And it'll get lesser and lesser. The pressure, the more you apply, the more you fight, the more he realizes, hmm, I can't talk her out of who she is. And when you do this, you can walk somebody else through it. When you see somebody else defeated, talked out of who they are, talked out of their righteousness, you can help them come up. You can bring them up because you're here for a reason. God's equipping you to go out and help his saints, help his women. And even the people that aren't saved, they're gonna be drawn to light, light shining in darkness, come on. Salt upon the earth, salt makes things taste better. People are to be drawn to you for God's sake, for the glory's sake, for kingdom's sake, right? It's time. It's time that we link our shields together and we advance the kingdom all for the glory of God, right? So there's a lot of tables and a lot of women. Um, so can we start here with y'all? And can you come and just put your lies? Well, first, everybody, I want everybody to get their lies. 
Is everybody done writing? Has everybody identified their lies? I want you to rip them. Rip your lies. Tear down the veil. And then if y'all can come from this table and put your lies and get your crown and then get who God says you are right here. And then can we come from, we got two buckets. So we're going to start two lines. Just go. Yeah, let's just go. Let's roll with it. And then y'all just kind of be led as to what bucket to go to. And I'm going to read to you what God says that you are. John 1.12 tells me that I'm a child of God. Ephesians 1.5 tells me that I have been adopted as God's child. Colossians 3.12 tells me that I'm chosen by God, I'm holy, and I'm dearly loved. Jeremiah 31.3 tells me that I'm tenderly loved by God. Hebrews 2.11 tells me that I am sanctified. Colossians 1.22 tells me that I am holy, that I'm blameless, that I'm above reproach. Ephesians 1.3 tells me that I am blessed. Ephesians 1.4 tells me that I'm chosen and that I'm holy and that I'm without blame. Ephesians 1.6 tells me that I'm accepted by God. Ephesians 1.7 tells me that I'm redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 also tells me that I'm forgiven. Colossians 1.14 tells me that I'm completely forgiven. So when you question the forgiveness of God, know that you're completely forgiven. When you repent, you are completely forgiven. Romans 5.11 tells me that I'm reconciled to God. I'm brought back to God. Ephesians 2.10 tells me that I am God's workmanship. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells me that I am a new person, a new species. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells me that I am righteous in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.12 tells me that I'm qualified. So when you feel unqualified, there you go. You are qualified in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells me that I have the mind of Christ. Colossians 2.10 tells me that I have been made complete in Christ. That I have been made complete in Christ. You want to sing? And remember, see yourself. See it, it's gone. No longer exists. It's being washed in the blood, completely blotted out, wiped away. And you're walking in all that God's called and created you to be. Thank you.
I want you all to close your eyes and enter into a time of worship, please. Between you and the Lord, letting Him repaint that image of who you are on the inside of you, letting the Holy Spirit paint these words as I read them over you again, let Him repaint that image of who you are in Christ. The lies, the hurt, the torment, it's washed in the blood. You gotta leave it washed. You can't go back and pick it back up. Who am I? I'm a child of God. Who am I? I've been adopted as God's child. You are God's child. He loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, He loves you unconditionally. Nothing you do or say will ever change that. That you are chosen by God. You are chosen and dearly loved by God. You are sanctified. You are holy. You are blameless. You are blessed. You are chosen and you are without blame. You are accepted by God. He accepts you just how you are today. He accepts you just like you are. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You are completely forgiven. Hear that, ladies. You're forgiven. He forgives you. Now forgive yourself. Let it go. Stop picking it up. Stop bringing it back up. Let it go. Rapunzel is kind of prophetic. Let it go. Let it go. It's not who you are. You are reconciled to God. You are justified. You are His workmanship. You are a new person. You are a new species created in Christ Jesus. He sees you. He separated you. He's calling you out. He's calling you up. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are qualified. Ladies, you're qualified. It's okay. Go be who God's called you and created you to be. Be different. You're supposed to be different. We're called to be different. It's okay that you feel like you don't fit. It's okay. Embrace it. It's freedom for you and it's freedom for other people. When you're walking in your God-given abilities and your gifts and your calling, stop running from them. You're not supposed to fit. You're not supposed to feel like, oh, I feel so comfy here. No, there's no growth in the comfort or there's no growth in comfort. You need to be uncomfortable. That means you're growing and you're changing. It's time to come up. It is time to come up. It's time to be okay with who you are. And it's okay that you're different. Somebody needs to hear that. It's okay that you're different. Remember, I've never felt like I felt fit anywhere. I always felt different. And I always thought it was the, my mother's divorce, or my parents' divorce, or the abortion, or the drugs, or the alcohol, or the jail, or the prison, or the, you know, I thought it was all the sinful things. No, I've been different from birth because God created me different from birth. You're different from birth because God created you different from birth. Embrace it. Be okay with it. You have the mind of Christ. If, God, if Satan's been throwing things at your mind and you feel like you're losing your mind, you're not. The mind 
of the righteous is blessed. Your mind is blessed. Your eyes are blessed. Your ears are blessed. You are made complete in God. He's doing a work in you and he's doing a work through you. All for his glory. Don't forget that. It's all for his glory. Okay, I can't get away from this. So um, there, there's, a, there's a source, there's a power source that you can connect yourself to that the devil doesn't understand. And it's your prayer life. And when you pray, the devil has no clue what you're saying when you're connected with the Father with your prayer language. And I didn't want to, in my flesh, because I don't know, uh, I can't get away from it. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit here. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm talking about you praying in your prayer language, your direct connection, that changed everything for me. That was a game changer. That was a game changer. It was a fire ignited on the inside of me that cannot go out. And when I don't know something, I pray in the Spirit. And it connects me. It is a, like it's being plugged into the power source. And revelation comes to you on a whole new level. And it stops you. Just like I told you, it stopped me from walking in to a tarot card reading psychic place. It stops you. It tells you, hey, don't go here. Hey, don't say that. The Holy Spirit is a person and he's alive and he lives inside of us. But you have to be tapped into that. Just being saved and being a Christian and praying your prayers, that's great. But it is time to be connected to the fire, the source on a new level. We're on a whole new level now. It's not strange. It's not weird. It's not odd. Paul, Peter, they all prayed in tongues. Everybody in the, in the new, it's in the new covenant. Read Acts. Read your book of Acts. It's in the new covenant. Jesus prayed in tongues. Come on. He heard directly from the throne room. How do you think he knew how to do what he knew how to do when he knew how to say it? It was because he was connected to the Father, a direct connection. Nobody can take it away from you. And you're a firehouse walking. <laughs>